Look, we've got two names, banks, reporting quarterly results this morning that we didn't get into at the top of the show. To help us with that, Kevin Greens joining us, senior markets correspondent here on the TD Ameritrade Network. Kevin, welcome. Good to have you with us this Friday. Let's talk Wells and City. We uh, started off the show looking at Bank of America, J.P. Morgan. I mean, these are the names that are attracting attention and setting the tone for us here as we uh, get our first look at fourth quarter earnings into the end of the week. Let's begin with WFC. What are you seeing in terms of the results? Definitely, we are seeing the stock down about 4% in the pre-market session here. And when you look at the results, it's a little bit of a mixed bag here. When it comes to revenue, they reported $19.66 billion versus the estimate of $19.89 billion. So they did miss on that line. And then if you look at the earnings per share, they're at $0.67 cents versus the street's estimate of $0.66 cents or $0.62. Cents. It kind of depends on the adjustments that they have for write-downs here. But one thing to note, revenue down about 5.7% year over year. And they did see about $3.3 billion in losses due to revenue regulatory and customer remediation efforts as well. We've heard about some of those litigations throughout the quarter. Net income actually uh, saw a little bit of a, a, a pop to the upside here, up about 45% year over year. But when you look at the increase in loan loss provisions or those uh, the, the money that's set aside in order to protect from uh, future potential future losses, that's actually up about 22%. Net interest margin right now is at about 3.14%, and that's a tax equivalent basis. Overall, we've heard a lot of news coming from Wells Fargo, especially as of late. They are uh, removing themselves from the mortgage market. They are only going to be really servicing mortgages for their existing customers and also for minority communities. So we are seeing a move to the downside here when it comes to Wells Fargo, Ben. Yeah, coming under pressure, say least, we're looking at the chart here right now, reflection of what you just uh, pointed out there. Can you uh, tell us what's going on here with City? I actually saw they were higher in reaction to the results, it looks like. Yeah, it, it's been a wild ride pre-market for City. They were initially down, and then we do see them coming back to the upside. They were about flat when we started here, but they are up about a tenth of a percent. They did mark revenue at 18.01 billion versus the estimate of 17.96 uh, billion, and earnings per share came in at a dollar and 16 cents versus the estimate of a dollar and 18 cents. Once again, that estimate's pretty wide because we don't know about the the write downs that they're going to have, and one of them that they did have is actually a write off of 192 million they're getting out of their Thailand consumer business. But when you look at their businesses, it's actually a very mixed bag. Their branded cards are actually up about 15% year over year. So the retail banking side is actually doing fairly decent. But when you look at the actual credit losses that they incurred for the quarter, they were actually up about 36% year over year, 33% quarter over quarter. That's actually fairly significant. And then the money that they're setting aside for future losses or the allowance for credit losses built up about 73% quarter over quarter. So they are positioning themselves for a rocky road ahead when it comes to the consumer. Their personal banking and wealth management business is really what's dragging down their earnings. They're actually down about 93% year over year, Ben. Just no one's really doing any M&A activities. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that, uh, that private equity space is just at a halt right now. And it's actually been like that for about six or seven months now here. So not surprising we're seeing that much of a drawdown, but net interest income is starting to rise and that could be a little bit of the bread and butter for a lot of these financial institutions a little bit more stable income than when you're looking at some of the other product offerings as well
Uh, Rocky wrote ahead, not what the Bulls want to hear. I looked at the charts uh, up to around 50. That Nov high is 51. It, it looks like they had a low uh, uh, last year around 40 into the fall that they're coming off of right now. So we'll see if they can uh, continue to add to this move up throughout the day into the end of the week and next week for that matter. Kevin, ultimately, where does this put us in terms of the bigger picture? Because uh, we still have two big names to report next week. Seems like kind of mixed results this week. But uh, uh, where uh, should the focus be? as we await uh, continued quarterly results from the banks and then just sort of focus on some of the other big names uh, scheduled for next week as well. Yeah, definitely. From the financial situation, you want to be able to look at banks that have investment banking exposure, a lot of it, okay. or a lot of trading exposure as well. So those are the banks that we are seeing getting impacted right now. When you look at some of the more traditional banks, if you will, maybe like uh, Bank of America, uh, a little bit more stable business, more retail lending, things of that nature. But if you look at other businesses that have wealth management exposure, that's where we are seeing these significant drops. One thing to also note, Ben, too, when we're looking at the overall broader market, if we look at the S&P, 500. Yesterday, we saw a pretty big run up in the financials and even actually the last two or three sessions. You typically do not see financial spike after earnings. We usually mm. do see a, a sell off after earnings. Mm. I mean, anybody that's been trading the financials here for more than two or three years will probably know that. So it's not surprising that we do see this move to the downside, regardless of where we are at from a charting standpoint. But I can give you 10,000 reasons from a technical standpoint why we are at a resistance point for the S&P 500 here. We did hit that, uh, that 200 day moving average yesterday intraday we had the 20 day and 50 day cross now we're not seeing the volumes to really you know provide bulls a lot of conviction when it comes to trying to move back to the upside here so not surprising you're gonna need to see some of these other companies especially the big tech stocks really come out and outperform when it comes to earnings that could be the catalyst to the upside but I'm not sure how much weight we should have put in the marketplace when it comes to trying to have the financials lead the way and try to push up above that 200 day moving average which has been so critical for the last year noted noted kevin hang uh kevin green appreciate you joining us here helping us break it down taking a look at quarterly results we're talking banks this friday kevin is a senior markets correspondent here on the td ameritrade network